Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Radio 5G, the hub for awakening and activation of the worldwide movement to stop the rollout of the 5G technology. My name is Michael Henry Dunn, and I'm here with my co-host, Nancy Hopkins. I want to say hello, Nancy. Absolutely. Hello, everybody out there. And we're going to have a good show today because we've got some really amazing people. Yes, we, we certainly do. I um, Last week, when uh, Satya Stone's um, stunning documentary, uh, 5G Apocalypse Extinction Event, came out, um, I was riveted, watched it uh, one sitting from beginning to end, and see it as the most powerful tool that I have seen so far uh, that can awaken people, activate people, and present the facts in such a um, stunning and undeniable and compelling, um, not only in terms of of the science of it, but the geopolitical implications and most of all the human impact in human suffering and, of course, to our very biosphere, to Gaia herself. So um, I immediately... Uh, reached out to see if we might um, have Sacha join us on Radio 5G. This is, uh, by the way, Sacha, this is uh, only our fourth um, program since we started airing um, about a month ago. And things seem to be just rapidly accelerating. Um, Our other guest that we have here with us today, Mark Steele, was um, the inaugural guest on our show. And... As you can imagine from your own work um, with Mark Sacha, that was uh, you know, just crammed with such highly credible information and details and, of course, Mark's own um, efforts and campaign in, in Gateshead and elsewhere in the UK to raise awareness um, at you know, at considerable cost to himself. So um, just for the benefit of our viewers here, I'm now going to um, give a little bit of a background, um, a few excerpts from um, the bios that we, that we have for, for both Sasha Stone and for Mark Steele. And um, Mark, of course, is a uh, weapons and weapons system expert, uh, inventor, IP writer, um, chief tech advisor to the Save Us Now movement. Uh, he has some 35 years uh, of experience in um, weapon systems, energy weapons, and is a, a pioneer in the movement in the UK to bring out the facts, to wake up the people, and to halt the, the rollout of 5G. Um, Satya Stone. Filmmaker, artist, a former rock musician, grew up in Rhodesia, Zimbabwe throughout the War for Independence, and he established Humanitad in 1999. After conducting a five-year diplomatic campaign, he engaged Humanitad upon both the NGO 
and IGO playing fields. Um, for folks who don't know, IGO is intergovernmental organization, whereas NGO is non-governmental. As an outspoken advocate of human rights and natural justice, he has instigated peace initiatives and education programs, has lobbied against human rights abuses in different parts of the globe, and continues to prosecute for the protection of breakthrough innovators, scientists, and doctors. Sacha founded the New Earth Project, also called New Earth Nation, the world's most integrated movement promulgating sustainable, sovereign, and self-determining communities. It operates as a universal trust, engaging micronations by treaty, and exists outside of fictitious enclosures dreamt up by self-serving corporation governments and institutions. He is also founder of the ITNJ, which is the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, which launched under multilateral observership in June 2015 via a ceremonial seating and ratification ceremony at Westminster Central Hall in London on the 800th anniversary of the signing of Magna Carta. This new planetary court, planetary court is committed to the dispensation of natural justice and adherence to the rule of law. The ITNJ launched the Judicial Commission of Inquiry into Human Trafficking and Child Sex Abuse at Westminster Central Hall in London in the spring of 2018. The commission continues to hear witness testimonies from survivors and expert witnesses from around the globe via online virtual court seatings. It will issue a formal commission report in 2019 for the edification of the public at large, as well as governments, policing agencies, and the military intelligence community, all of which are variously complicit in the crimes against humanity being com- via compartmentalized elements within their own institutions. Sacha is an activist, public speaker, publisher, writer, and filmmaker. So I wanted to read that entire thing. Uh, welcome, Sacha. It's an honor to have you with us. Well, salutations, uh, Michael and, and Nancy, and thank you very much for that kind introduction. I apologize. It sounded very wordy, uh, but I'm very, very, very grateful to, to be asked to join your show today. Thank you. Uh, well, um, I was practicing the wordiness of it because it was worthy of its wordiness. I, was <laughs> I wanted to be and sure. Delightful, was... also, delightful to have Mark Steele uh, with us. I'm not quite sure what the time is in his neck of the woods, but uh, good to have my old friend on the line as well. Thanks. Yeah, this is a, a great combination. Welcome, Mark. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right. I'm, uh, obviously, we've had some uh, tribulations with the uh, British judicial system, uh, basically a bit of a whitewash, but nevertheless, a victory once again, because obviously we don't lose this. Uh, obviously, we, I, had, uh, I was uh, found guilty in an appeal against conviction and sentence where basically a local authority have set out to uh, discredit me, basically a conspiracy to pervert the course of justice, etc. However, the courts have come down on the Crown side. The evidence was absolutely damning. Uh, in fact, it was it was uh, pretty interesting to see. In fact, some of the some of the evidence was bizarre to say the least. And unfortunately, the bench decided that they believed that even though the uh, the police uh, evidence was uh, doctored and the councillors' evidence had been shown to be wanton. To say the least, they had decided that they were the more credible in the in the in the court, which was absolutely a, a bad day for the British judicial system. But nothing that we didn't expect. So much so that 
the press were there. We had the uh, Associated Press people there. We had a number of press groups there. We came from that court. Uh, obviously, the decision didn't go our way. However, they have not published anything. There was camera people there. few people took photographs, took statements from me when I came out. Not one single comment. This was the, the first appeal for a 5G trial in the world, the Newcastle Crown Court, not one comment in any of the mainstream media at all, which tells me something very, very interesting. They are absolutely running for the hills about 5G. It's so much so they can't even put their whitewashed uh, event this, uh, see a charade for the criminal justice system into the into print, into the press, because people just do not believe the state apparatus. They have lost all credibility, absolutely lost all credibility. Well, Mark, what are the implications of this for you personally? Um, how is this playing out for you? Well, it was a section four. It was basically a public order offence. So I've ended up with another £600 fine added to the original fine. So I've got a fine of, uh, I think it's about thirteen or £1,400. So, not, you know, but this, the implications of this, these people came to my home to bear false witness testimony against me. We'd already had a civil trial where 11 local authority goons... They come to my home to bear false witness testimony. That played out in a court where the mayor, where the chief executive lied, perjured themselves, where they had officers from the council that came to my home, perjured themselves, was shown on a stand to or sworn under oath to lie about me. And then in the criminal case, the judge decided that the two councillors' words were to take precedence over mine and another witness, an absolute shower, a shambles. And what we need here is a public inquiry into how, when anybody speaks out about wrongdoing or criminal activity at authorities, are gang-stalked, and then they are then uh, taken to court on trumped-up charges to try and bring people in to discredit them from speaking out an honest citizen trying to speak out in his community to protect his own community and mankind against a human rights crime that's been perpetrated against them. And you've got the local authority in collusion and conspiracy with police to actually bring innocent people to court to silence them. This is unbelievable. Well, let me just jump in here, if I may, uh, uh, please, because there's no end to the, the outrage that Mark... Uh, feels and can speak to more than anyone else possibly in the world today, considering he's uh, uh, facing the very brunt of a weaponized uh, justice system. As he quite rightly points out, it's a weaponized uh, justice system in collusion with a weaponized uh, mainstream media uh, machinery. And that mainstream media machinery is also uh, hand in glove, supported and endorsed by what I can only describe as a weaponized academia, um, which is, um, again, refusing to pay heed or homage to the simple scientific facts 
um, that we're looking at with respect to this insidious rollout of 5G. So when you've got government apparatus, policymakers, and the executive uh, hand in glove with the justice and juridical systems, hand in glove with the propaganda machinery of mainstream media and backed up uh, by academia, where do the living men and women of the living soil go to for remedy? Where can they be heard in such a construct? And that's really what we should be discussing. It's not so 5G is is symptomatic. It's a totem. It's an archetype. It's a it's a classic narrative of of how perilous uh, we are today as a species, surrounded as we are with the apparatus of government, which is weaponized against the living men and women of the living soil. That, to me, is really the big story. I I agree very much uh, with you on that, Sasha. And when I look at um, your work, as I've been. Um, you know, researching naturally over the last day or so, uh, you know, particularly with the ITNJ, the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, to restore the rule of law, which has been a focus for me as well over the last six years. Um, you know, I look at all of the initiatives of the ITNJ, particularly the inquiry into um, sex trafficking and child sex abuse, and I can see all of the many, um, you know, dignitaries, places of power uh, where you have brought the restoration of the rule of law to the fore. Um, and specifically, you know, the issues that are close to my heart uh, in terms of the elimination of the pedophilia rings and the bringing to justice of that whole dark system. You know, it, it comes down to exactly what you're addressing here. Where can the people go? You know, they can't really go to um, the ICJ or the ICC or even the European Human Rights Commission or the UN Human Rights Commission. These, um, they do not have teeth. They do not have enforceability. They are not actually in a position to prevent, uh, you know, to help alleviate human suffering because they will make findings and recommendations, but there is no enforcement because, of course, they are kind of designed to not mess with the system from their own inception. So I would I would love for us to focus on exactly this point that you raised. I mean, for Nancy and I, what we're doing and the reason that we founded Radio 5G and the, the website 5G-KNOW5GNO.com um, is to awaken and activate people. Nancy made a comment the other day um, in one of our interviews. If you want to stop a movement, actually, this is a quote from Wilhelm Reich. If you want to stop a movement, organize it. Right. So what's happening here when you see the good news on the horizon? I mean, the news, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts, Sasha, on the recent development we hear about in Brussels, that Brussels is actually calling a halt to 5G. And, you know, and this is, capital of the European Union. You would think this would be cabal central, and yet they are calling a halt to 5G. city of Portland, Oregon in the U.S. has managed to get a, a stay of the rollout of 5G in order to examine the health uh, implications. So um, anyway, th- with that little intro to, to this crucial question of where do the people turn? Um, so well, let, can you let, respond let, to that from the ITNJ Yes, standpoint? I can. 
I can. Let, let, let me just say, you, you uh, state that the I, ICC and the ICJ uh, don't have teeth. And, of course, I understand what you mean by that. But the sad fact is that they do have teeth, but the teeth are aimed at the people that they're mandated to protect and serve. That's us, the common proletariat, the, 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 the citizenry. So the, the international uh, juridical systems at that multilateral level are doing the bidding of the corporatocracy of the corporations masquerading as governments. And, and therein lies the, the real problem. So, of course, people can't go to them for remedy or justice invariably. And Mark Steele's case is, uh, of course, the, 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 the most contra- contrasted case we have to look at today in that respect. How does the ITNJ, uh, the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, address this kind of planet-wide travesty um, when you're effectively looking at an apocalyptic tidal wave, it's a, it's a behemoth that is so epic in scale um, that it's almost incomprehensible uh, to take on board and compute. How do you stop a $20 trillion technological rollout? With $20 trillion comes millions and millions of contracts that have been signed and sealed and wet ink signatured. The special interests, the vested interests in a $20 trillion rollout are, are beyond comprehension. It's impossible, in a sense, to stop that wave. On the other hand, there's something else which is emerging. You've just pointed out a couple of testbed cases of, of, of protest, Brussels being the signature case in, in Europe. Whether or not the mayoralty of Brussels are complicit with the cabal um, and actually are simply protecting the um, central European cabalistic interests in Brussels as they continue to promulgate for 5G rollout, but protect the serpent's lair, so to speak. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Or is it just some kind of divine geometry that in the heart of darkness, the seed of light unfolds and we see the real protest um, at that policy level coming out of the heart of darkness in Brussels. I'd like to think that that's the case. I do say that we're just seeing the tip of the spear of that emergence of right action and right thinking. I don't believe that 5G is going to trigger and go um, global the way it's intended precisely because I've got a tremendous uh, faith in the common pulse of humanity, being able to override that and see stave off that danger in time. Well, that is something I'm seeing unfolding as well. Uh, we had our interview yesterday with uh, a man named Dean Henderson, who's done an enormous amount of uh, research over the last 20 or 30 years, um, specifically on the money trail, specifically on the crown and, and how they operate, what the alliances are. Uh, between Rome and Washington and London, as of course you're very familiar with. Yes. And um, and what you know, Dean um, was pointing out was that it is really um, action on the local level. If we can um, help, encourage, sustain, create a worldwide movement and awakening, that it. I saw it uh, here in the small mountain town that I live in here in Colorado. Only yesterday, 
Um, you may or may not be familiar with the work of Judge Anna von Reitz here in the U.S. in restoring. Yes, of yeah, yeah. Um, and county by county, across the some 3,500 counties, you know, across the United States, people are taking this, you know, careful action to restore precisely that natural relationship to the soil um, b- between us as children of Gaia and our, our natural sovereign rights and relationship to her. And it seems to be working. You know, and they're what I can see coming down the road before too very long, especially with 5G, as you say, as an archetype, it's a trigger. It's, as Nancy likes to say, it's this story of 5G is a very powerful, um, compelling dynamic that can help wake people up. I also don't believe yes. it's ultimately going to roll out. I think Gaia yes. has already got things up her sleeve where, you know, victory is assured. But I'm not, I'm not taking any bets on it. And it you know, We've seen you it want... so many times, haven't yeah. we? We've seen it so many times with the human genome able to shapeshift or mutate into a different form uh, with HIV, AIDS and e- Ebola and uh, 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 swine flu, bovine flu, avian flu, all of these um, engineered um, uh, threats have, have we've managed to overcome them, thwart them absolutely at the level of morphogenesis, and it is about morphogenetics at that level. Yeah, and w- what do you think, Sacha, of the idea that? Um, somebody lost my train of thought for a moment here. Uh, Nancy, do you want to jump in with? Do you have some thoughts at this yes, point? Yes, yes, I would like him to go into the concept of morphogenics because I don't think a lot of us have a real good. Feel of it? Can you just give us a, a you know a quick quick down the trail here? Sure, I'm not I'm no expert on it. I mean, one I, I could allude to the work of Rupert Sheldrake, who's the great great academic um, in the United Kingdom, who's uh, propounded the dynamics of morphogenesis or morphogenetics. But it's really the the innate or intrinsic psionic intelligence that interconnects all living forms and on different frequency values, different bandwidths. So the human family in that sense uh, uh, connects, interconnects uh, through the morphogenetic field. The animal kingdom um, connects and computes. Birds know how to fly in extraordinarily complex um, uh, arrays and move with rapid movement. You know, 5,000 birds can all, in, in, in a flash of an instant, can all change direction as they do when they're, when they're in flight. That's a classic example of morphogenesis at work. When we're not overthinking who and what we are, um, there is a, an innate or intrinsic intelligence at work that interconnects all life forms. And that the human being or the human technology being the most advanced, uh, purportedly the most advanced uh, creature to you know, emerge off the surface of the earth, we have a particularly advanced and um, acute morphogenetic capability so it's when the hiv aids threat engineered uh, a virus assailed uh, humanity uh, clearly intended to cause as much havoc against the blackest of the black genome in sub-saharan africa it did take out a tremendous amount of collateral and people died in great swathes, as we recall, those of us who lived through the 80s and the 90s. But the point is that uh, within a, a, a few short generations, a couple of generations in point of fact, um, the morpho 
genesis or genetics kicked in. And it's got to the point where we have a phenomenon in Africa known as the AIDS, uh, the, 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 the AIDS children of AIDS who have incredibly advanced autoimmune systems, despite the fact that they were born to parents who both had HIV AIDS and who died. And there's an entire generation of uh, African children who are now, I believe, in their 30s and 40s who were born to AIDS-infested uh, parents, and yet these kids have got extra. These people have got extraordinarily um, uh, well-defined and bootstrap autoimmune systems. So that's a classic example of, of of the innate intelligence. Which I could drill into that a bit further if you want, because it's connected to the effectively to the micro yeah. the microbiome. Let me just jump in human. here for a second because we have a I have a a large audience that knows the same concept but in different terms. Because yeah. when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about the collective consciousness of humanity. Yeah. I'm talking about the um, tree weave, the water weave, shungite weave, roseweed, all of these weaves the, of energy that c- connect to anything similar to it, there's a connection. It's just, yeah. ener- it's just si- energy science. But when we're, what I wanted to do right now is to just applaud both of, well, all of us actually, for continuing to use what they gave us because it's another example. They gave us the internet to control us and it's blowing up in their face because this is the way we are gaining control over our own biosphere, our own domain. We're claiming mm-hmm. dominion again. And it is such an interesting to see how the collective consciousness right now, and I think that's what we're all alluding to, has been filled with so much data, so much, yes. you know, points of light and enlightenment that it's already there. And all we are trying to do is to continually fuel that super subconsciousness, but also to in a 3D way, give them a narrative, give them a story. Because the story that's out there is ludicrous. It's like sci-fi taking, you know, steroids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and so we have to get, get a handle on that. And then when you take your work in the, in the, the documentary, which I have to tell you, I've been in this for a very long time. I have never seen such an amazing presentation of the information. It was believable. It was engaging. It was compelling. It was a little bit scary, but not so scary that I thought I was going to just turn it off because I couldn't handle it and I was having a cognitive dissonance thing. You know? So I just applaud you for that. And Mark, you're you're so right when you said that when you went out there and you actually lost the court case, you took a major, major jump in the mainstream understanding, wow, this is real. You know, that because, yes, they, the, the mainstream didn't, didn't talk to you, didn't put it out there. But your video, when you got outside of that courtroom and you were screaming, <laughs> was so empowering, Mark. I, I, ho- I hope you understand that when you go out there and you, you, you look like that, which to many people is going to look like a real crockpot. Oh, my God, this guy's losing it. But to those of us that know, that was such a rallying cry. And I just, again, yeah, yeah. applaud you. And yeah, um, yeah. 
Yes, thank you, thank you for that, um, Sasha. That we're all talking about the same thing. It's this magical little, you know, connection that all life in this biosphere has, and how amazing it is. Because every time they try to do, oh, we'll get the internet to control them. Well, uh, I hate to tell them, but you know, the internet is now, <laughs> now in our control. They may still think it, but they couldn't possibly turn it off because they're so intricately involved in it. Nancy, if I can, sure. I'd like to just just touch on something connecting uh, to the mechanics of uh, morphogenesis or, or morphogenetics, which is the microbial DNA, cellular DNA in the human body. Um, because if we're breaking down that energy, which you rightly call energy, the way that energy moves, the interconnectedness and so on. Um, yes, but at the at the building blocks and the mechanical level of that those energy forms, it's it's a curiosity of science that the cellular DNA in the human being is um, less than one percent human and over ninety nine percent microbial DNA, cellular DNA. So the junk DNA that modern science ascribes to as being junk is actually the de facto uh, operating system or software of the human technology. And this is where science needs to wake up and come of age. While, while science has been looking at such a narrow margin of less than 1% of human DNA, which is uh, the human um, uh, 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 um, cellular DNA, we've been omitting to look at the 99.9% of the cellular DNA in the human body, which is microbial. And it's the microbial DNA that is likely to sustain the most damage with 5G rolling out. So when, when your friendly government or health authority says to you, we've conducted um, more or less conducted tests on human DNA and we can see that it's more or less unaffected uh, by 5G or by Bluetooth or by Wi-Fi, that's that's nonsense, but they can get away with saying that because to some extent, the human DNA appears to be inured to certain uh, subtle threats. But it's not the point. The point is that the other 99% uh, of the cellular DNA in the human body, which is microbial, is absolutely being eviscerated by those uh, subtle radiations. And that's where the illness kicks in. That's where the autoimmune system starts to collapse. That's where we see the depletion and the downgrading of the ecosphere, of the biosphere, of the ocean biome, of the air biome, of the soil biome, and, of course, of the biome of the human uh, body. Can I just jump in here for a point? Go for back? it, Nancy. Because the people who were, were ignoring the 90% of the, the junk DNA, okay, that's the Western scientist. I have no doubt in my mind that they yep. absolutely understood it. The Eastern, the Russians, they yep. were, were like, are you people crazy? And they looked, right. at, the, they looked at the 90%. And right. their, to put it in very succinct form, their conclusion was that DNA is a biological Internet. Okay? Very it, good. Very that's, good. That's exactly what it's all about. It's a biological internet that has an energy framework that allows our body not only to communicate with ourselves, but with other beings, other energies that are similar to us. Yes. What I found so compelling, so just, it put so much hope in my heart, was the fact that they also determined that the number one way of altering 
making DNA changes at that level is the human voice. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. That is, we can reprogram everything. And I think that this is what they're, you know, the dark side is, is afraid of, is that we're going to come into our own powers. Indeed, that, and I think that that's already emerging, is it not? I mean, that quanta of the collective human heart, the awakening, we've seen that that pulse of Midwest America overthrow the devil in the United States uh, recently, and, and certainly there is a tremendous renaissance uh, going on, it would seem. It's playing out in the in the, in the political and social landscape in quite a technicolored way. But we are seeing uh, an awakening of that common human pulse, and that will ultimately be the restitution of the entire the entire uh, species, in my view. Well, I think it is happening, and I'll just just a second, Mike. Uh, it, w- what we got happening, though, is so interesting in that every time they attempt to do something, just like you were alluding to earlier. It kind of blows up in their face, and I really think that this this rush to get the five G out is because Agenda Twenty One blew up in their face. Indeed, Nobody and Agenda Twenty Thirty, Agenda yes, Twenty Thirty right. was supplanted very deftly yes. as a former as a former Director General of, of the United Nations uh, IGO sector. I have some um, knowledge uh, of of the machinations of the multilateral playing field and how. Um, the harmonization of protocols um, and regulations and codices are implemented and then forced into forcing governments into compliance with these codices uh, in order to uh, essentially allow these nefarious and luciferian agendas to roll out without with impunity where no official no bureaucrat no parliamentarian uh, dare raise their voice in in dissent against that tidal wave of policy that is centralized effectively through the United Nations. Um, diabolical stuff, for sure. Well, if it has failed, how has it failed, Sacha? Can you um, address that? How Agenda 21 is, is not fulfilling its goals? Well, because they're still entrenched in time, motion, uh, fear, and, and, and money. Um, monetizing time um, and b- believing that that is a, a premise or a basis of evolution or unfoldment. No, it's not. That is most reprehensible to the human spirit. So it is the human spirit that is awakening. I mean, I look at Mark Steele and, and Mark being this incredible um, grandfather in, you know, north of England, who is just enraged for all the right reasons. Um, at the fact that um, his the good people of the land are being uh, genocided effectively, um, and and that spirit in, in that I see in Mark Steele and that we see now happening increasingly around the world. I mean, God knows, I don't know how many uh, viewers or audience you, what kind of an audience you have on your radio show, but I imagine that uh, six months from now it, it will be hitting the vertical in a year from <laughs> a year from now you'll be eclipsing all other stations because you've tapped into the pulse of awakening. And I just think it's vital that all of our attention is placed on this. The multilateral or intergovernmental um, playing field is under endemic and systemic collapse, under the weight of its own generational and insidious bullshit. The Vatican complex is under um, collapse right now under the weight of its own generational hubris 
and evil, which has prevailed for hundreds and hundreds of years, certainly over the last 1700 years since the Council of Nicaea in 328 AD. We've seen um, the Roman Catholic Church um, carve tram lines through the quantum spirit of humanity and and try to railroad us into a collectivized, um, harmonized, collectivized uh, Borg species. That's all failed. The fact that we're having this conversation right now is testament uh, to that. I just don't believe that at the end of the day, um, governments will be able to survive uh, their own machinations. We're seeing people all around the world awakening. We're seeing, you know, what's being shown on on CNN and on BBC is not reflective of the truth. They may give us a, a little soundbite here and there, a yellow vest protest going on in, in France or a little Brexit march going on in, in London. But actually, countries, scores of countries around the world have got millions, tens of millions of people on the streets. I mean, it's, we're reaching end of days. It's, the great tribulation is upon us. But don't expect your friendly Associated News Network syndicated station to be telling you the truth because they are the big problem. They are the eyes and ears of Moloch and they've become completely weaponized. So we can't get news through looking at the television screen, alas, alack. But through networks like the one you've just set up, increasingly millions of people around the world will learn that this is where we can learn the truth of things. Well, Mark, let, uh, pardon me, Sacha, let me ask you, for, for your documentary, for 5G Apocalypse Extinction Event, what are your hopes for, you know, for that powerful story, that awakening story to, to roll out, to be widely distributed? I know you're in um, Southern California recently. Maybe you're still there. It occurred to me that, you know, is it possible to dream that there could be meaningful theatrical distribution? of such, you know, a powerful documentary. Do you see any hope for that? And if not, how, how can we help maximize the impact of, of the documentary? You're very kind. In the first instance, I just want to acknowledge my, my editor, Gishe Soto, who, who's done most of the hard work on that, on, on assembling the, the, the film. But look, it's gone pretty viral, and we're getting on a daily basis you know, requests for screenings and uh, for commercial release and, and so on. It's complicated. We put a film like this together over the last five months. And, and be sure, it was Mark Steele coming and sitting at my kitchen table in London five months ago and effectively putting in front of me um, uh, the circuitry when he put the circuit board and showed us images of the circuit board, of the um, which which proves that uh, these the phased array antenna systems are weapon systems. That was the piece I needed to see because, that, like like all of us, I'd heard about five G for a long time and was unsure about it. But Mark is the first person to have galvanized that. That's what makes this film unique, is the fact that I believe it's the first time we're really showing the hard um, forensic evidence, so to speak, of the fact that this is a weapon system. Whether or not uh, the officials, local officials, or local technicians and even electricians understand this is not the issue. We know we're living in an unconscious civilization where 
99% of people are functionaries in their job. There is no consciousness at work. So, you know, they'll be installing a weapon system and even hitting the switch with glee whilst they glug on their cappuccino. But that's just a sad indictment of where we're at as a species today. How will this film move forward? I'm not sure. I, I would prefer it if people just did screenings at home and uh, brought family and friends in and then sat in and communed about the subject matter. Because, again, it's the awakening of that psionic intelligence and when we all begin to look into one another's eyes and recognize that this truly is an existential threat, that cognition is the trigger for awakening. It's also the trigger for emancipation. So I do believe that in the final analysis, this 5G um, apocalypse or extinction event is almost certainly the trigger for our planetary emancipation. And you bring up a point. Sacha, that I particularly noted that moment in the film with you, Mark, where you're you're showing the circuitry, and you there was something you said. I'd love for you to res- to elaborate on it if you can. Where you you were showing the circuitry to the camera and said, "There it is, boys. Look it over. You know what you're seeing." And I got, "Okay, who are the boys?" Well, I'm thinking, "Okay, other weapons, energy yes. weapons experts." You and I both know what we're looking at here. Could you go into that a little bit about what it was that those boys would see that the layperson would not, which, you know, is absolutely damning evidence that this is not just some cell phone enhancing technology, but a weapon. On the end of the antenna, it's what's called a dielectric lens. And that allows me to collimate on what's called a direct energy weapon. Now, the E868, because a lot of questions about this, a lot of people... Uh, basically have tried to discredit me on this particular issue, but feel quite miserably. And we've just recently had some, uh, let's put it a little bit mildly, spies uh, have a conversation with somebody to tell them that this isn't, in fact, a weapon, which it most certainly is a weapon. They've tried to tell this guy it's not a weapon. What I'm going to explain to people, direct energy weapons have been around for a very, very long time. This particular weapon... It's masquerading as a control management system. That's what the council thought it was. But the antenna design is illegal. It's not a, it's not a dipole antenna. It doesn't mm. radiate in all directions. So the data that came with it basically says it's a basic dipole antenna. I knew that not to be the case. This is what they call a high-gain antenna. And that high-gain antenna, it it actually calibrates itself to the next one up the street. So they work in unison to then offer what's called an off-step signal, which is basically a beam wave, a phased array radar, so it's a scanner. So the copper strip is a scanner. The bit on the top is what's called a dielectric lens, and that lens allows me to collimate a signal. Now, the reason I know this to be as a matter of fact because we need to dispel these deceivers and people who try and discredit what that bit of equipment is, because basically they're scratching like a cat in a bag, because obviously it's not very good when your local authority and your government's run a weapon system out on top of you. So they're pretty panicking about this. The dielectric lens, that part of the spectrum, so that, that, that antenna actually operates at 868 megahertz, sub-gigahertz range, all right? So I knew it was long-range battlefield radar. 
it's very good at looking into the urban environment, so not the higher frequencies that everybody thinks in relation to 5G, because the 5G narrative is about higher frequency data rates. This is a scanner, and it operates in a sub-gigahertz because that's far better to be able to look into the urban environment on the battlefield. It's long-range radar type of signals. It's very little gets in its way. Whereas the higher frequency signals can be problematic. Uh, they can get, be blocked, you know, and, 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 and sort of... Uh, can be, you know, not as good on the on the if you want to look in the urban environment. So I knew this was bigger than what it was. What made this really interesting was the 868 because the 868 is a specific part of the spectrum that used to belong to the Ministry of Defence, but is now decided to be for autonomous vehicles. Autonomous vehicles need to have what's called a collimated signal. So that antenna ties in with the autonomous vehicle 5G collimated signal and that's what that dielectric lens is on the top. So obviously any technologist who's putting this in believes it to be. So the guy who designed it probably thinks it's for some autonomous car. But I can tell you he's a fool because what it's really for, it's a target acquiring weapon and it was used in South Korea to target acquire wild boar in the jungle and then shoot them. That's what it was used for. It was tested in South Korea. So in Bloomberg, everybody can go and check that. That is exactly the same or similar technology because 5G covers a large breadth of different technologies. The equipment I'm seeing in America, believe it or not, are molecular reactors. So I got sent, it was a US government official, sent me a document not long ago and said, this this person, by the way, is an expert in telecommunications and is responsible for rolling out military equipment around the US and said to me, can you tell me what this is, Mark? And I said, well, this is strange because obviously this was, a, this was an off chance I invented. I invented a molecular reactor. I, just by chance, I was at a carbon production uh, conference. I thought, that's a really bad idea. I knew how to disassociate molecular bonds, and I thought, I'll break down carbon dioxide, and I'll build a reactor. So you know, I went to Strathclyde University, cut a long story short, I patented this molecular reactor. So this lady sends me this image and says, what is it? <laughs> and I said, because she said, it's not... We know it's not telecommunications, and they're hanging them up all over assets in the US. What is it? I said it's a molecular reactor. And I can tell because they have cooler pipes, because obviously you've got to pour a lot of energy in to break down the covalent bonds, and what you don't want is your radiator to burst into flames. So you've got to have them cooled down. So it's got these cooler pipes, a lot of energy going in, and I'm looking at it, and I said... She says, well, what does that mean? I says, well, they're going to gas you. They're going to disassociate the molecular bond, oxygen, or damage it enough so that your hemoglobin can't pick it up. So basically going to gas you. So I got that image the other week. So that's 5, and that is 5G. So 5G, most certainly, whether it be a dielectric lens to shoot you, whether it be a reactor hanging on a, on a telegraph pole in the USA to gas you, that's what 5G is. 5G is a weapon. So let's, this is for the spies who want to try and deceive and tell lies to people. 5G 
It's got nothing to do with telecommunications and is, in fact, a weapon system rolled out by governments on top of their own communities, whether it be by accident, corruption or other. It is an indictable offence, a crime against humanity, and we will have justice. Well, what you bring up, Mark, um, touches on a news item from a couple of weeks ago. We probably all heard it that uh, Trump came out with his, hey, we've got to roll out 5G even faster. We have to be China. We need 6G. You know, this is, and for, for the people who were thinking, the, the awakening people you know, who were thinking that uh, perhaps Trump was going to come down on the right side of this issue, um, the, the article that I read about this was actually being supported, this idea of Trump's of nationalizing 5G in the U.S. They're trying to ban the Huawei version of it from China because they call it a security risk. Trump doing a very un-Republican thing of proposing the nationalization of 5G. And um, the article I read pointed out that this was going to face significant opposition both from the FCC and from the Pentagon because it mentions as sort of a by-the-way thing, oh, by the way, the wireless spectrum in the United States is under the control of the Pentagon. Gee, <laughs> what an interesting little factoid to throw our way. Why is the Defense Department in control of the wireless spectrum in the United States? And clearly the implications are that it's just for the reasons that you're describing here, Mark, that it is a weapon system. And, and this brings up what uh, Nancy and I were exploring yesterday with Dean Henderson, which I'd, I'd love to get everybody's uh, input on, specifically who is behind what he called the 5G cull of humanity. Um, and is there a monolithic structure? Are there competing factions within the cabal that are fighting each other? Is, is that all just a show to make us think that there's not a monolithic plan in place? Um, I'd I'd love to get uh, your thoughts on this. Uh, starting with Sasha, could could you uh, touch on that? I I'm somewhat reluctant to to get too deeply into it because it, it we necessarily get into a lot of speculation and conjecture, um, and I don't know that that ultimately helps us navigate out of the uh, morass of or the labyrinth of white noise that we find ourselves in. So that that's my um, concern. Having said that, um. My um, contention and my understanding, based on conversations that I've had with um, at least two um, respectable intelligence sources, uh, shall we say, is that um, the Trump incumbency is well aware of weaponized 5G, the the weaponized 5G threat. I've understood that um, that frequency can be adapted. So the weaponized 5G doesn't have to be a weaponized frequency. Mark, you might want to step in here. Yeah, but I've, I've received very compelling intelligence that I've also studied with some of our law team, and it does appear to be very, very cogent information that you can dial it one way or the other. And the way in which it has been intended to roll out has absolutely been the weaponized frequency. But it could just be that when it does go live, um, it will be it will be um, dialed into a different value. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, di- I'll dive in there because I think we, we need to clear this one up. Obviously, Donald Trump is a um, very interesting character and most certainly uh, plays his cards very close to his chest. So the article he'd actually put out, I believe, is him playing poker. And the reason Agreed. I'm pretty sure about that, without well, without a doubt I am, I'm talking to people within the US government, they obviously... <laughs> They're quite amazed about the things, and they've been telling me things uh, which assure me. But what I'm going to tell everybody, on the March of 26, 2019, the president put out an executive order on coordinating national resilience to electromagnetic pulses. Now, 5G can be work as an EMP. So, obviously, if you've got infrastructure, a lot of antennas, and I've actually hacked into your communication system. I can basically set it off as an EMP, depending on how many antennas I've got and how much power I've got in that particular vicinity. So this EMP document is about the resilience of the USA. What he's talking about here, I'm pretty sure, is 5G. That's what he's talking about. So he's absolutely uh, done the opposite of what the tweet was, I believe, stating that he was going to be rolling it out. And it could be, if I can jump in, it could also be, I mean, classic, classic Trump um, uh, poker, as you, as you rightly say, Mark, it could be that he's calling out all of those vested interests to see who now runs and sticks their face in the 5G quadrillion dollar trough by saying, we're going to win the race. Um, let, let's go 5G. Let's go 6G. In a sense, it could disarm um, the the priesthood that are behind this and uh, expose a great many of them to the to the light. Well, that's a uh, that is a perspective on it that I too had looked at. You know, is it simply a misdirect by Trump? Um, and what you're describing, Sasha, in terms of having it, you know, draw out all the. Um, the parties, the you know potentially criminal um, actions by the parties who want to feed at the the big five G trough. It's kind of like what Mao Zedong famously did in China. I think it was in the fifties where he said, "This campaign across China, let a let a hundred flowers bloom. You know, right. all of you come forward, and if you have differences with the you know implementation of communist doctrine in your local community, let us know. We'll share all our ideas together." And everybody came out and shared for a few months, and then they clapped them all in re-education camps, right? Because they'd identified <laughs> themselves. I hope, I hope Trump is that canny. Um, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, when you see things like has happened in the last couple of days where you begin to wonder if he's suffering from neurological impairment. You know, um, just yesterday, the inability to say the word origin. You know, we need to get to the orange of this. It's the orange that we need to get to. You know, and, of course, they're having fun with it on, uh, you know, late night uh, talk show TV. But, you know, I, 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 hope, I hope his brain isn't uh, under attack such as it is. But it, it does bring up this larger question of the dialing up of 5G, if, as you say, Mark, it is, uh, I think it was Sacha you were saying that the technology that you and your legal team are looking at seems to be, the intelligence seems to be pretty cogent, that it can, that it's not going to, the switch 
will be pushed and suddenly lethal 5G rolls out across the planet simultaneously. That as a weapon system, it can be calibrated to the needs of of a certain country, area, issue, controversy, protest, whatever might be going on, while doing a general dumbing down and surveillance and even sterilizing uh, campaign over the long haul. Is is that what you think may be the case? Yes, I do, more or less. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know what Mark's uh, real sense of, of this is. And Mark and I haven't shared notes on who we're speaking to within the U.S. administration. We both have uh, direct channels there. But Mark, it seems to me that we ought to be swapping notes a bit more closely. I'm glad to, to, to sense that we're, we're both um, pretty much akin in our, in our view of what's happening. I think it's an insidious threat, but I, I, I just I cannot believe for one second that Vladimir Putin or Jinping or Donald Trump will allow um, a macro ecocide and genocide event uh, to take place. I totally agree there, uh, Sasha. I think what the, what the issue that we'll have is a lot of ignorance at the very, very heart of, set of governments across the West in relation to this technology. I don't even think that the Chinese, even though they're building this equipment and shipping it around the world, and may have some idea that it's going to spy on people, don't actually know what its real purpose is, because its real purpose, I've never said this before, what its real purpose, and I'm pretty sure about this, is to attack the ionosphere. When I've looked at some of the power outputs and the capacity of this transmission systems across the West, it lends itself to believe that this potentially a rather larger weapon than that, what we're than what I first thought it to be. You know, I spoke about it being an over-horizon weapon system where maybe these satellites that are being put up could be used for the city in another, from another state. It can be that. However, when I've started looking at the capability and the power density and the, and the, and the amount of uh, power that's been uh, allowed to be uh, hooked into these systems... There is the potential that this could, you know, the aluminium in the air. I'm going to break up. Uh, Sasha, can you turn off your mic, please? Because I, I want I want Mark to really say this to, to us again. Because you're seeing a system of which you are very, very, very an authority. Nobody's going to dispute that or should. Um and you're seeing that it may be even bigger than anything any of us are seeing that's that. I'm, I'm, I've started doing some research into the uh, into the powering up of some of these antenna systems and the capability that they potentially do have in in unison with each other, and consequently that that leads me to believe that there's possibly another plot. You know, you're tied in with the uh, with the aluminium in the air, where you could actually potentially take down the ionosphere. And if you take down the ionosphere, then what's going to happen? You're going to open up the whole of Earth to uh, these cosmic radiation uh, exposure uh, levels, which would be catastrophic to all life. So this wouldn't be an agenda where anyone would survive. And I do believe this is this is where it takes a, a, a basically a leap of faith in the spiritual, because who would plan want to kill? The whole of life, I mean, all biological life, this would terraform the Earth to something that would look like Mars. And 
who would who you know who would plot and scheme that now? And the reason I've come to this, I've been looking at some of the uh, the larger arrears. These uh, the four hundred thousand, uh, what we call Mimo tanks that are rolling out across the United Kingdom. Four hundred thousand tanks. These are large transmitter, high gain, phased array antennas uh, arrears. They're basically radar across a small country like the United Kingdom. These antennas have an elongated tat. They have cooler boxes so to keep them cool because the amount of power they're talking about putting in. And I did some calculations. And if you had a full fifth generation, so fully blanketed country, a 5G, you'd probably be using about 15% or 20% of the capacity of those antennas. What's the other 80% for? Because it just doesn't make any sense having to have a device with that amount of energy unless it has some other purpose. And I believe the purpose, potentially, is to uh, take down the ionosphere and destroy all living things. Well, that would have to be, uh, I mean, what choice does one have in trying to understand an agenda like that? Who benefits? It would have to be an off-planet entity that a, would a benefit. Me, a methane, a methane-breathing Draco reptilian uh, species would probably find a Martian landscape quite habitable. Actually, if we get into that into that conversation, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let all the methane out of uh, you know out of the, that, the permafrost. This, this, well, this, you know, the the capacity of these systems. And the, the, the capability to uh, break down molecular structures, so you know, you, you, you break down your ozones, and it, it just, it, to me, the, uh, the stupidity of it, and these people are pretty stupid, by the way, the stupidity of it, but someone, whoever's driving the agenda, the ideology, let's say, behind it, the hidden hand, uh, it, this, this, there's, more, there's more to it. I mean, it's it's also you know consider that that five G is what is going to support if if it doesn't already exist, and uh, there are very credible um, uh, ideas out there that five G has actually been implemented since since the mid sixties or thereabouts, um, and you know subspace quantum broadcasting capability has almost certainly been known uh, to compartmentalize elements of the military industrial complex, shall we say, for some time, which is probably why they allowed the hemorrhaging of the internet into the public domain because they already had a, a carrying capability, a quantum carrying capability for their own um, uh, communications, which was so in, in advance of the of the more pedestrian internet. But 5G is what supports the new quantum uh, financial system, um, which is ultimately set to replace the BIS and the fiat central banking system. And this is very important to understand you know, the so 5G is, is a spine that can support the blockchain technology systems and, and the new emergent cryptocurrencies as well. Um, so it's not just about gaming and about telecommunications. It's also about if money and banking is all about uh, the harvest of humanity at that kind of energetic level of harvesting time and motion, the energy, the life force of humanity, then the implementation of 5G as a, a means by which that harvest of humanity can uh, be taken to the next level um, is is explicit. It makes a great deal of sense. Um, okay. One should consider that. 
And this ties in, Sasha, to um, when we're talking about the rollout of the quantum financial system, which, of course, many people are looking at as, as a boom. You know, it's the great longed-for global currency reset, and everybody makes billions out of their long-stored Iraqi dinar. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you see that as, um, you know, does that, partake in any way of, of freedom movement dynamic or is it simply a reboot for the, the powers that be? It's being cast, of course, as, oh, we're going to take down the pedophilia ring, we're going to take down the central banking families, and then, the, you know, all the sealed indictments, we'll put all the bad guys in jail, yeah. and we'll all be rich as Christus with the quantum financial system. Do you see that as, as possibly just a circus cover for a reboot by the powers that be? I, I don't. I don't think the powers that be are that intelligent. Uh, I, I think that there's there's a tremendous amount of cunning, um, but um, but not 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 intelligence of the sort of wisdom flame type, the stuff that steers the destiny of of, of planets. Um, but I just want to read from one of the notes that I received. With the five G system coming online, you have effectively an electronic system that you can use to separate yourself from the Federal Reserve Banking System. And this ultimately and very importantly yields the end of manipulation, which allows the value of gold to rise. Thus, this would counter the Federal Reserve death note. Okay, yeah, because I'm you know, particularly interested in what you're talking about right now, Sacha, with um, how the you know, quantum financial system, which is rumored to be ready to trigger any day now, um, that's been told for a long time, and of course it still hasn't happened yet. Um, the question of how 5G, I've been told, could massively increase the power of AI um, with the launching of the 20,000 low-orbit satellites. And as Gary Cassidy recently brought out, her whistleblower sources say there's already a massive nano-satellite network already in place. Uh, is there a way, I seem to be hearing you saying this, Sasha, in which this might, if it were, if the harm of 5G was somehow neutralized, that this would um, have this decentralizing dynamic yes. um, working with blockchain to actually free Absolute. us from the Fed families. Absolutely, and and that that would that would cohere perfectly with divine geometry and the way that these things ultimately. Um, pan out. I mean, evil will unto itself. This is this is a cardinal law of the universe, and, and it's, it's certainly in a, in a binary uh, universe. That is an assured outcome. Evil will unto itself. And if we look around us and see the signs, which are crystal clear, of tribulation, of, of end of days, of the of the apocalypse, the Armageddon, so to speak, it's not necessarily a bad thing. In point of fact, it's a very healthy thing. It's a very needful shedding of the of the skin in order that we can enter and engage uh, an upliftment uh, an evolutionary upgrade so I, I ultimately see all of this as being purposeful and needful and consequential i'm not trapped in uh, despite the name of the film that i just put out i'm not trapped in an apocalyptic mindset i just think it's necessary that we re recognize that we are at the end of days and that the one thing that is required is the actualizing of our consciousness. And that ultimately is, is, is had by us revivifying relationship and communing with one another, stepping away from the artificialization uh, of relationship, the dis 
dislocation and disconnection of relationship between humanity and the earth, which has happened in the last couple of thousand years with the, with the realization of cityscapes and urban landscapes and the removal of, of living souls from the living soil. That needs to be addressed now. We need to remember who and what we are as, as a, a sentient species and step away from the monolithic um, globalized um, uh, collectivization that has been imposed upon us by systems, extraneous systems, which have been best represented through governments and churches. Well, uh, it's it certainly you know jibes with my own experience. The dynamic you're describing about evil will unto itself. If we look at all the audacious initiatives of the dark side you know looking at 9-11 for example that as i as i think you said i was seeing today the uh, video on your website your website on humanitad.org um from your appearance at the panel um on the vatican and talking about how you know the war on terror essentially failed 9-11 yes. was you know this act of you know spectacular dark magic planetary spectacular dark magic um, to trigger the war on terror, which, if it had succeeded, you know, we would be living in a a totally clamped down fascist reality right now. Yeah. It's grim. It's you know, it's certainly, but it's not the the outcome and the agenda that they envisaged when when they pulled off that audacious um, act of of dark magic. So um, that that's the thing that I am hopeful about as well, and seeing that. For example, there's um, a a trusted mystic uh, wisdom elder, I would call her, um, here in the mountains of uh, Crestone, Colorado. Um, our friend, um, Reverend Maya uh, Nartumid, um, who has some very trustworthy, um, we'll call them inner planes um, sources, that her her information and her take on it is that yes it is absolutely necessary for us in partnership with Gaia to give a worldwide no to this rollout a worldwide yes. awakening it is absolutely essential for the redemption to happen for the neutralization and even the turning of this essentially evil weapons technology towards the integration of organic intelligence over artificial intelligence, to have organic intelligence with the aid of divine intelligence, to make AI, artificial intelligence, the servant of human freedom rather than its master. That's Bravo. what that's what I feel great hope about that. I could couldn't agree more from, from my, my perspective that, that is that's the clarion call that we're seeing or that we ought to be seeing with this outrage. Um, that is sort of sweeping, sweeping the sort of more liberal intellectual um, world. I'm not sure that a great many people in 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 Botswana or Uruguay are fretting about 5G. This is the preserve of the liberal intellectual West, um, the the very creature that has wrought so much suffering on the face of the earth over the last couple of thousand years of empire. Um, so it's it it it's right and proper that we're the ones who need to be shaking ourselves down and and recognizing the peril, the threat that has emerged on the backbone of what we've carved 
into this world through a 2,000-year patriarchy. It's probably even longer than that since the great deluge, arguably. But agreed, absolution, redemption, these are the signatures, these are the colors um, which which really are represented in the the geometry of of now of where we are right here right now we are forced into recognizing that everything in a sense is perfect and the outcome is assured so long as we do not entrain our attention purely into the apocalyptic it's fine to be spooked and scared into action the question then is what is the action? Where does the right action emerge from? My great frustration as a frontline activist is not seeing enough people getting on the front foot and walking out their front door like Mark Steele. Mark, to me, is the is the atom seed of Homo sapiens sapien engaging in right action, taking on the system, saying, I do not grant permission. Because remember one thing vital to remember that the sacrifice of innocence the harvest of humanity has only ever occurred uh, by virtue of us giving permission to it exactly and when i i think of mark's story uh, i'd like to bring this into the larger context of your work with with the um itnj with the international tribunal for natural justice you know this travesty of justice that Mark describes as having taken place just this last week in the UK um, and the spectacular absence of any attention to it, of course, from mainstream media. Is there part of this story, when we look at the power of this story of humanity uniting in partnership with Gaia to protect the Earth itself and, and her children, is there what is the place in this story of the work that you have done on on the international level, particularly with the ITNJ? You know, I've I've seen you've done um, a lot of meetings at the UN level with various um, leaders of various nation states, um, and in, for example, the the work that you're doing, you know, focusing on on uh, the human trafficking and child abuse. Where is the place in this of the story of an emergent planetary court of justice that could actually be seen to hold the cabal accountable? Because, you know, there's the famous um, statement, some British judiciary person a couple hundred years ago, justice must not only be done, but must be seen to be done. Mm-hmm. And And the power of that, you know, for 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 lack of a better term, a perp walk you know, yes. of somebody in handcuffs that nobody ever, ever, ever expected to see in handcuffs. Um, that, you know, the, the power of that, seeing justice perhaps begin to be done or might even, you know, the possibility of it beginning to be done. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you, you know, in the context of Mark's story as well, can you share with us on that on that thought? Yes, of course. I mean, it it's really comes down to a repurposing of the existing infrastructure, or at least those elements of the existing or the status quo which can be repurposed because they're worthy of repurposing. So, can the International Court of Justice and the international um, uh, juridical systems around the world can they be repurposed? Invariably, the answer is yes, they can, and yes, they must be. Interpol. Uh, is is there mandated to do the bidding of the member states of the international community 
So ultimately, Interpol can, must, and will fulfill its mandate when that mandate is properly, uh, uh, proper, properly adhered to. Again, it comes down to the rule of law. Uh, our insistence on natural justice is that, and the reason why we've established the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, which is absolutely recognized around the world now increasingly, um, is because it is the only way forward when justice systems have become weaponized and are working at the behest of the corporatocracy or at the behest of corporations masquerading as governments, then it is right and proper that um, good people of the world self-organize and establish and mandate a new juridical system or new court system to prosecute and, and arbitrate. Now, although the International Tribunal does not... Um, prosecute per se what we can do and what we will be doing and this will bear out very shortly incidentally vis-a-vis the Mark Steele case and we can't speak about what we're doing together there right now because it is is something a process uh, uh, which is underway and I can't uh, I we, we cannot prejudice what we're doing but we can as an international tribunal bring together the right uh, law lords the right academic and intellectual brains and bring and even political and theological leadership as well as uh, galvanize grassroots consensus and support and then bring that to bear and use that against the existing systems to force uh, the existing systems to fulfill their mandates. So we can almost be assured that we can use any um, a jurisdiction in the world under their own rules of engagement um, by forcing them to adhere to the rule of law. Look, most of the travesties of justice uh, occur in the world because the people who are being assaulted by the justice systems don't have the money or the intellectual capability to counteract the weaponization of the law systems being used against them. And ultimately, it comes down to Socratic argument. Are we as an international tribunal for natural justice, cleverer than a weaponized um, justice uh, system that's operating on behalf of government or commercial governments? The answer is yes, categorically and absolutely yes. We are cleverer because not only uh, do we understand law and can we uh, enforce rule of law um, through that Socratic argument and and, uh, uh, maintaining a stand but we also have the pulse of humanity in our veins, meaning to say uh, right action and pure truth are on our side. And you couple right action and pure t- truth with an understanding uh, and an insistence on the rule of law and you, a victory is assured. So it is a process and we're involved in that process. And Mark Steele's case is at the tip of the spear of that process. Well, that's really encouraging for me to hear. Um, this has been a focus for me for a number of years. Um, I was a spokesman and helped to found uh, the Sovereign Court of International Justice, which unfortunately um, I had to part ways with uh, that organization about a, a year ago. Um, it does not seem to be having an impact at this time. But for, for five years, uh, that was very much a focus of my work. And um, for the people involved in that organization, the key always came down to meaningful enforcement because no tyranny has ever surrendered its power voluntarily 
And yes. it, it can only be expected to be done uh, under duress, under seizure of assets according to judgments, under prison terms, um, you know, when it becomes, you know, there is a preventive uh, dynamic in place because of meaningful enforcement using, you know, fast track mechanisms already in place, having people's credit ratings um, affected, having, you know, multiple um, stock piling judgments one on top of the other as they as they ignore the court's um, yes. legitimacy. You know, that that we went to a great deal of trouble to outline for all those who were interested in helping this come into reality that this court had teeth, that the cabal would wake up and face um, harm, seizure of assets, prison, um, disgrace, exposure, that in the absence of that kind of enforcement – you know, we can we can issue judgments based on the divine law. We can raise awareness around the world. And in the meantime, they have the police, they have the guns, they have the media, they have the military, and their impunity just rolls on as yes. it has. So um, I'd, I'd love for you to, if you can share with us anything, you thoughts you may have along that direction. Very simply put, you're right in all you say. But please recall that amongst those infrastructures of policing um, and of military are good human beings with the pulse of humanity coursing through their veins. And it is precisely those brothers and sisters of ours who are wearing costumes and who are part of the technocracy um, that is assaulted humanity. There is an awakening taking place there. I know because that echelon is one that I'm speaking to a, a great many times in the course of the work that I do. Um, and the awakening that's happening there within the military industrial complex, so to speak, and within the policing infrastructures and even within the portals of governance, um, whether you're talking the United Nations or, or, or local and uh, federal governments around the world, the awakening is palpable. I get a lot of letters from officials, a lot of letters from parliamentarians, a lot of letters from heads of agencies, uh, not least of all in context with this um, 5G apocalypse film that just came out a, shortly, a little over a week ago. I've received um, letters from heads of uh, policy making in some of the capitals of the world, uh, health and science policy making institutes who are writing and saying, we had no idea. We're, we're, we're arranging a screening of the film. So I'd suggest that the nefarious element or the Babylonian priesthood, as, as I prefer to call it, is a very, very small um, uh, and somewhat increasingly marginalized uh, aspect of the status quo uh, that we've um, given far too much um, of our attention to in, in recent days. Now, the awake, the real awakening that we should be encouraging, the flame that we should be fanning, the flickering flame that we should be fanning is the one that is emerging in the hearts and minds of those police, those military brothers and sisters of ours. I'm reminded of um, a friend of mine in Los Angeles, um, prominent figure in public health, working with the entertainment industry and getting accurate information, health information into um, primetime uh, television programs. She was doing a, a, a focus on human trafficking and had extensive meetings with the FBI task force on human trafficking and the LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department, um, task forces on, on human trafficking. 
And they let her know. They said, here's what happens. We, we find the cases. We find the evidence. We work them up through the courts. And then we hit the ceiling of protection. Well, the FBI task force and LAPD said, yeah, yeah this, is, this is what happens. And if you want to know what the two events are at which most cash changes hands for child sex trafficking, it is the Republican National Convention and, of course, the Democratic National Convention. Yeah. This is where these good men and women in the law enforcement agencies who are, you know, simultaneously most likely appalled and deadened in their souls at a certain point once you've been exposed to so much of it yeah. at, at, at the suffering that they see at the, at the violation of innocence. I, I, once in a while I bring up to people, um, there are words in the gospel where Christ said, um, it were better for that man that a millstone be tied around his neck and he be cast into the uttermost depths of the sea than that he harm one of these little ones. Yeah. And so there are many good men and women out there who who know that, who feel that, and who have dedicated their lives in law enforcement to trying to bring these people to justice. Yes. So this is very encouraging to me to hear what you're, you're sharing about the communications to you uh, on this level. Because, um, you know, it was a great disappointment to me to see essentially five years of, of my work be of what I the service that I gave to try to make some meaningful enforcement happen. Unfortunately, there was a turn of events that um, made it clear that I could not participate in that anymore. Um, so this is very encouraging. I, I was aware of the ITNJ from about five or six years ago and aware of this enforcement uh, question as as being in my mind the key. So what you're describing now of this coming together, uh, this reaching out of law enforcement uh, men and women around the world, and particularly, you know, it's, that's the great service, ironically, of 5G. It's the unignorable wake up call, and and that will end up being a part of this story. Um, yes, you know, absolutely right. Beautifully put. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Nancy, just want to call you in, and, and Mark too. You know, Sacha and I have been uh, in conversation for a bit here. Do you want to jump in with some thoughts on this? Well, it's it's the theme that I keep going back to is that it at this point in the game, the what's marginalized are these nation governments. They no longer should be even given the time of day. What people need to do is, like you say, walk out the front door, go to your neighbors, say, do you know that they're going to be putting these antennas in my neighborhood, our neighborhood, and do you know that our real estate's going to go down because they're they're not good, they're unhealthy? That we have to motivate at the local level. Now, it's happening, you know, I mean, it's, it, where we're hearing the, the blowback is from cities, you know, cities, not counties, not states, cities. Sasha, is there some way that you know, or maybe even Mark, I mean, I'm assuming that you probably have the same problem in Great Britain, is that because the mechanism of the government, the corporate government, the corporations, um, is not going to work for us, then let's just ignore them. Get away from their drama and just do our thing. And that's going to your neighbors. Does, does, 
does this resonate with you? And have you seen it working? Because you may, you alluded to the, that there's a lot more yellow vest um, operations going on out there. And one na- one nation, I think Israel, actually put a ban on the cre- making of uh, the yellow vests. They wouldn't let yellow vests be sold in their country. Classic move by corporation governments are doing exactly what they they do. Uh, which is prevent the will of the people from ever uh, manifesting in the in the temporal realm. Look, I'm, my concern is more, and my focus is more on forging the lance with which to um, pierce the heart of the dragon, so to speak. Mark um, is very much a part of that struggle, but Mark can speak probably greater than I can to the to the to how this is playing out on the street in terms of um, rallying, rallying uh, minds and hearts in the neighborhood? Well, the, 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 thing, the thing that we've done of late, which has caused an absolute high yet, is in the government and, and everybody seemed to get behind it. It's quite an interesting document. And what it is, it's an indict. It's a letter um, sent to anybody who promotes 5G Anybody in government, any media people who basically promote it and tell the real dangers of it. And what that document actually states, obviously up till now, you know, 5G was maybe something that people didn't realise that it was in fact a weapon system and probably pretty dangerous. However, since the 7th of February, when Blumenthal asked specific questions of the industry, uh, they had asked specific questions about the uh, research and safety data surrounding uh, 5G. They already had information to state that there wouldn't be, because obviously 5G, as we all know, has been developed as a weapon system, so it wouldn't pass any regulatory guidelines or tests. It wouldn't pass any safety data or any research data that was appertaining to it. We have the information for that and the evidence and the scientific and technical documents to prove that to be the case. And what he specifically asked the industry, where is the safety data on 5G? They came back on the 7th of February and admitted the FCC, the FDA, because it's the FCC International Test for Antennas, that's uh, they're regulated uh, right across the world. So the FCC and the FDA and all the industry have stated there is none. That means that 5G is in fact in breach of the Nuremberg Code it is experimental, it is illegal, it is an indictable offence for anyone who would have anything to do with it or rule it out or deceive people into thinking it's something that it isn't. So what we did, we crafted a letter. It's at the saveusnow.org.uk website. I suggest people get it, download it and use it. You send that to anybody who's associated with 5G. Governments, doesn't matter if it's media, doesn't matter if it's businesses, companies, whatever. And in that document, it states quite clearly, we now know that 5G is in fact an indictable offence. However, that crime currently, prior to that letter being read by the recipient, is potentially, you know, it's a crime, but not a very serious matter. Any continuance of either the deception, the rollout, or any of your involvement in the rollout of this 5G, this deployment of a weapon system, you will show intent to harm. So it changes the whole, the whole uh, 
prospect of the potential of someone going to jail, the difference between manslaughter or murder or, you know, an accident or an assault on anybody who's harmed by this technology. We have images of children bleeding from the nose being assaulted by this. We've got people with burns, skin burns, chest burns, anyone where they've gotten close to these memo tanks. We've got people who've died of brain cancer, strokes, heart attacks, and cancers and other non-communicable diseases in Gateshead, where I believe the epidemiological data will show that 400 people have been murdered in this very small uh, borough of Gateshead. Because obviously we've taken the data, the epidemiological data, that just does not match with the national trends that are particular to Gateshead and other areas that actually have this very similar and same technology. So we've seen death rates significantly higher and I've approximated somewhere in the region of 400 people who've been murdered. It's genocide from this technology in Gateshead alone. So what we're saying to people, now that we all know where we are, now that we know this is a weapon, now we know that it is, has not passed any regulatory standards or tests and would fail any regulatory standards or tests. It's time to step away. Carry on. This, this is integral. Mark, Mark, can I just say, what you're saying is integral. And if people understand that, then we, we, we've, won, we've won the war. It's about the wet ink signature. Because yeah. for those 400 souls who have perished that you're speaking to, that, or the 30, 31, students in in bristol as i understand it uh, connected to the university there bristol in england also being a test bed case for 5g and the suicide of about 30 souls i believe young young is that correct students yes well we we we've got the number up the the number that's been published is 14 suicide rates uh coroners are very averse to actually signing off a, a, a death as a suicide so suicides are roughly you'll see them reported by coroners at something like 30% of the real number. So we're 14, we're talking closer to 40 children here, Sasha, who've committed suicide in Bristol since the rollout, since this experimental illegal test on top of them. So the point being being here that, 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 that whoever permissioned the implementation of that test bedding it comes down to wet ink signatures, whether they are technocrats or bureaucrats or the health officials or environmental officials who are willful or, or ignorant to what they're doing. The point remains that there are wet ink signatures that mandated and ratified and permissioned that travesty or those travesties. And we must uh, narrow down to those wet ink signatures and then drag those wet ink signatures under the lens into prosecutions. That is when you're going to see a seismic change, a sea change in uh, in the unconscious rollout of these kinds of technologies. Absolutely. Well, that is such a big piece because um, I have become very skeptical about whether something like that could happen, you know, how corrupt the justice system is, how this could be thwarted, you know, even with wet ink signatures and epidemiological evidence. Um, 
But as you say, it's this this rising awakening. You know, we are we are looking for those with enough conscience, with enough heart, um, who see clearly the evidence before them, and and are willing to take a stand. And if one takes a stand, another is inspired and encouraged to do so also. And just listening to to both of you, um, for all of our listeners, it, it's got to be enormously inspiring and encouraging. It's really. You know, more than I hoped to hear this quickly when Nancy and I um, launched Radio 5G, uh, that this quickly we could be having uh, a conversation on this level and with so powerful a tool as as you and your team have given us, Sacha, with uh, 5G Apocalypse. Uh, yeah, hope is definitely stirring. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Nancy. Yeah. You know, this, remi- this reminds me of the 60s and the Vietnam War because that was when people on the universities and colleges, you know, got to talking to one another and couldn't quite get our heads wrapped around all these people that are dying in Vietnam, mostly because we knew very a number of them. Okay, it was a personal war. Somebody, yes. somebody's got doing something in the background. Got their mic open, scratching. Might be on the mic on a, on a shirt or something. But the the thing that that when you were talking about this just now, I just sort of had like a flashback, you know, because what really made the difference was for parents. I mean, you got parents that had come out of the uh, Great War. You know, they 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 were the ones that were the greatest generation. They had stopped the fascist movement through the world. I mean, just, you know. And so here we are saying, you know, we think there's a problem over here when you've got, you know, you know the reasons for, for being in Vietnam. And, um, okay, uh, time, I apologize. <laughs> um, so what happened was that we went into the streets and at that time, you know, really nobody understood the full implications of it. So actual media, real media telling the real story were out there filming people, you know, just quietly protesting. And that got on the televisions, along with the television bringing the Vietnam War into their home. You know, I mean, that kind yes. of thing. That there was a total turnaround not in the fact that my parents became activists, but my parents became more aware. By the time I graduated in 1970 from college, my class refused to go to the graduation ceremony. And so I'm telling my dad, you know, Dad, don't bother to come. I'm not going to go to this thing. And he said, why? And I said, well, because in all this time, I'd never had this conversation with him. So I kind of blurp out the normal, you know, blah, 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 blah. And my father said to me, you know, I really wished you could make a difference, but you're not going to change anything. It wasn't that that man didn't understand it. He had no hope for change. And that's that's what I think we're giving people today is the hope for change. You know, this is not a new thing. People have been thinking about this for a while. There's a lot of avenues. Well, what I see happening, last night, for example, here in this little mountain town where I live, um, there was a gathering of people who are working with um, some of the county-by-county restoration of the republic ideas. 
And when I look at it in the context of 5G, of people, you know, in cooperation with sympathetic law enforcement, county registrars, um, careful alignment with, you know, not doing anything provocative or violent or illegal, uh, not being a, you know, a Ruby Ridge or Waco rebellious, you know, we're establishing our own little state that's not paying taxes. None of that, that with that reclaiming of sovereign rights coming up against the 5G, as you say, Sacha, the $20 trillion momentum of the 5G rollout, that uh, it a crisis will be reached. And it, it reminds me of, you know, in the days leading up to the American Civil War, um, Lincoln said, I believe a crisis is coming that it will become all one thing or all the other. You know, that no nation can endure half slave and half free. It'll become all one or all the other. And it's just very... <laughs> You know, when I look at the arc of the story and I imagine 5G um, cell towers rolling out in my neighborhood and particularly with the awareness in, in this area, in this high valley of, of the Rocky Mountains, that I, when I imagine that playing out across America and across the world, because this movement is uniting, there are, you know, as, as Mark describes, the same um, citizen action in Gateshead that is also go- rolling out county by county using Anna von Reitz's um, work. There is going to come a, a crisis at which the soldiers and automatons and roboticized ones who are the the puppets and soldiers of the cabal in seeking to quash the emerging freedom of the people. It'll be Tahrir Square in Egypt when the soldiers finally refused to fire on the people. And that was the turning point when a police state collapsed. A friend of mine uh, lived through both of the Egyptian revolutions. And he said the amazing thing that happened when the Mubarak regime collapsed in the wake of Tahrir Square and the police state vanished overnight because none of the former members of the police state dared to show their faces on the street. And so what happened was that human nature came to the fore. People helped each other. People, neighborhood watch communities protected each other's homes. Muslims protected Christians while they prayed. Christians protected Muslims while they prayed. And um, he told me it restored his faith in human nature to see that Unfolding, And this is somebody who'd been through some pretty nasty experiences uh, in the military and intelligence communities. Um, so that's that's my hope. That's the, the story arc that I see unfolding here. And hopefully um, we can use, you know, the nonviolent strategies that have succeeded over the course of the last hundred years or so between, you know, Gandhi and Dr. King. Um, maybe you are familiar with Sacha, with the work of um, Professor Eugene Sharp in his his book From Dictatorship to Democracy, which is sort of a handbook of, of resistance against tyranny around the world. Um, that is certainly the work that that I'm dedicated to and, and want to Wonderful. join those such as yourself who are doing such great work with the ITNJ. That's wonderful. Thank you for that, that uh, regaling us with that wonderful um, cameo on history as well. Look, the same thing occurred with, with 
the Romanian revolution and, you know, the time of the Caesars of old when they could no longer, they had, didn't have the gold coin to pay their centurions, you know, one fine day, <laughs> the soldiery put down their arms and actually they move against the, they move against the, the, the kings and the priests at a given point in a civilizational um, acme or apogee and what let the, actually it's a nadir it's a low point isn't it really we're describing but that's where we're at in my view um i've, I've had sufficient conversations at, at the highest um, point of leadership uh, as i said politically theologically in academia and so on to know absolutely in my own mind that we've reached that nadir point in this particular tailspin of a civilization and indeed, all we're seeing now is the emergence of that uh, human uh, flame. And it's a beautiful thing to behold. That's the truth. Yes, and, and when we look at India, for example, I remember reading that at the height of the Raj in the British Empire's control of India, I suppose we're talking early 20th century, the population of India was some 300 million, 350 million at yes. that time, and India was kept in subjugation by 10,000 British bureaucrats and soldiers. Wearing pith helmets, extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, symbol of authority, mate. Right. Fly switches, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, as you say, a dream spell, right, that yeah, Gandhi and yes, others... Yes, and the, the subject, this, as well, Gandhi's wonderful satyagraha, non-violent... Uh, movement really changed changed the paradigm in a sense. But yes, what what you've just alluded to is it was an extraordinary epoch, uh, and to consider that that subjugation has actually moved into the quantum with modern uh, society, whereupon six to seven billion souls are enslaved, bonded, and indentured um, at the behest of arguably only a clutch of Babylonian deviants. You know, I, I imagine that the real globalist enterprise or the invisible mastery is no more than a few dozen individuals. But the way that the Jesuitical um, campaign and Vatican campaign and Anglo-American corporate campaign have rolled out with the protocols of usury and indentureship and registration of souls and of land and of titles and deeds – all of that stuff, which is really the 3D um, harvest of humanity, has brought us to this point where everything is now owned by the fiction, um, or at least we're led to believe that the fiction owns and controls the living. Well, I have news for that particular behemoth. Uh, the living is emerging again, and that roaring inferno will be, will be unabated in our generation. You know, I would I would love to ask Nancy to share something with us. Um, I don't know whether you um, and Mark are aware of um, that aspect of of Nancy's work having to do with um, with Shungite and protection against EMF and 4G yes. um, and the the phenomenal nature of the Shungite field as a as a gift of Gaia as the you know the fullerene molecule and its mysterious connection to the quantum field and yes. how the, the healing dynamic the protective and healing dynamic that has been 
scientifically studied, particularly in Russia, of course, which is where shungite, the only deposit on the planet, the massive one in Karelia, exists. Um, Nancy, is it, uh, does it feel appropriate to you? And we know, of course, we want to state up front, um, shungite as we know it now does not protect against 5G. But uh, in, in terms of this planetary awakening, um, would you speak to that? Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, okay, the the concept we were talking about earlier with the connection, the metamorphic concept of energies that are the same resonate with other energies that are the same, creating weaves of energy around the planet. Well, there's a weave of shungite around the planet, and it is. I've been in the business, mineral business, for you know, long time, and I've never seen a mineral take over like this one did. It normally, well, they'll come on, and for a few months they've got some trending, but this is going on for my fifth year, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, because what's happening? It's like 5G. It's a focus of humanity. Suddenly there's this, this black stone that seems to be able to purify water, that seems to be able to, to keep radiation even, and other toxins and black mold out of buildings that can cause people who have had diseases for years and years to suddenly become miraculously cured. Now, when I first got into the business in 2014, the first thing I came across was the Russians saying that Shungite is the medicine of the 21st century. And then they would also say, and it will one day be worth more than gold in weight. And, you know, I mean, I went, oh, well, this this is a pretty big, but I know. Because I've done five years of research into this, that they knew it from a scientific way. Because just like they looked at the 90% of the DNA instead of the 10%, they looked at the magic behind the Shungite, the enterology, the energy science that's behind it. And... So I know that the science is true. It just keeps building and building from that aspect. But at the same time, you have millions and millions of people around the world who are working with Shungite, feeding that grid even more to the point that I've said to them, you don't need Shungite in your life. You have to be able to access the energy of the Shungite grid. And I just got an email from somebody saying that, yes, okay, I ordered it and it's on its way, but I remembered you saying that. So I said to the Shungite Grid, I said, please, I hate shopping, but would you have make it a wonderful day? And she went out and she had a wonderful day. That people are taking a new level of consciousness growth as they begin to understand that a mineral can do all this? What is this about? You know, so it's amazing to see this permeating throughout the world it will change everything regarding 4g and regarding a whole lot of other things but it's not something that can stop 5g and my position on this isn't because i don't think we can make some kind of super duper device to stop the 5g it's because it's the protection of the the biosphere itself the 5G, I don't care if you're going to make it into a good thing or a bad thing. You, either way, you're affecting the microorganisms in the soil all the way up to every tree and, and, and everything that's alive. And, you know, I, I really think that that's what we have to think in terms of is that it's, it's 4G, we can fix it. Okay, we can fix it without taking down the technology. We've proven this. 
But the 5G is a focal point. Even if you tell me that they can make it into something good, I'm not going to tell anybody that. I don't want to give them an out. You have no out. You have no Agreed. out. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. I couldn't agree couldn't agree more with you, Nancy. It was wonderful the way you described it. But uh, the antidote to 4G being Shungite. Um, but the antidote surely to 5G is not an externalized a totem like a mineral which has definitely got uh, consciousness to it and a remedial consciousness but consider that the remedial consciousness to 5g 6g 7g is the human psionic uh, consciousness i'm certain of this in my own mind um, and that that's just where we seem to have been brought again in the in, in with divine geometry to this extraordinary point and in which that- there is nowhere to run and nowhere that, to hide. Everything is at stake. That is absolutely the truth of it. You know, it's like this feeling that we all have that we're going to win because we already won. You right. know, it's, exactly that, it's right. that type exactly of thing. Right. But we have yeah. to have a story. This is what I've come to, come to understand: is we have to create a story of how we got there. Yes. You know? that's and beautiful. The, that's yes, okay. beautiful. <laughs> you know, so uh, what, what's our story? Okay, our story is well, if, the, the Vatican is the Vatican's creating the story for you, or has been for two thousand years. <laughs> well, I, I left the church a long time ago. You know, we, well, we got a story here, and so what? What I see the story as being is that five G is a focal point for getting everybody to stand up. Because as as I'm going through and listening to this kind of of, of conversation that we've had. What comes about as my final takeaway is, okay, we have to give the excuse to all these people that are ingrained in this system to do what's right. They want to do what's right, but they don't have the excuse to do it. We've got to give them that. And the, yes, other, and the other thing is, is, is like Marcus found out, is that we have to call each individual into accountability. That's why you take and you say to somebody, look, at right now you're only sort of in trouble. But if you continue along this path, you're going to go to jail or you're going to lose your home or it's not a good thing. Don't do this, yes. okay? All right? So you're calling each person into accountability. But I say we've got to take it further. We have to call each and every person into accountability. Please stand up. That's all you have to do. And say no. More, more than say no. Uh, go on the front foot and walk out of your front door and walk march out of the on door. The Citadel. That's yeah. right. Sit yeah. in the street in your front yard and yell to your neighbors. You better get out of here because they're going to cream us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the magic bullet we talked about yesterday in our conversation with Dean Henderson. Um, you know, if you want to get people's attention. And they're not necessarily tuning in this program or Project Camelot um, or haven't seen your documentary, Sacha. You point out to them, uh, studies are showing children are suffering neurological impairment. And are you aware that the value of your property is going to go down when families come around shopping? Are you aware, you know, that you talk to real estate agent networks and that, you know, I'm sorry to have that be the main motivating factor, but it'll get people's attention pretty quickly. If you say, look, um, your mortgage is going to be underwater if, if you don't join with us and stop this from coming to our neighborhood because families aren't going to want to buy your house because you're 200 feet from a 5G cell tower. 
And, you know, if that's what it takes, uh, rather than, you know, children with nosebleeds, neurological impairments, heart attacks, stroke, miscarriages, you know, bee colony collapse, collapse of the biosphere, we'll start where, wherever we can. And that, that's one that, you know, will cut across a lot of spectrums right now. Uh, well, we're, we're coming up, um, a few minutes away from, uh, the conclusion of our, of our time here. And this has been an, an amazing conversation. Uh, I am just so glad to have had, uh, the privilege of, of Mark Steele and Sacha Stone with us, with myself and Nancy. Um, you know, we are, as it happens, um, all going to be conversing again quite soon with our friend Kerry Cassidy, uh, on Project Camelot. And I was just particularly uh, pleased at the opportunity for for this initial conversation for us to to uh, begin to see these areas of focus um, for you know the the power of the tool that Sasha has given us with with the documentary and to you know keep our focus on Mark Steele and the the unfolding a travesty of justice in the UK. I'm so encouraged, Sasha, to hear that you are working, that you and the ITNJ uh, are working with Mark, um, as you say, the, the the tip of the spear in in bringing all this out. Um, so there, I'd like to give each of you a chance to to say, you know, some final thoughts and, and words. Um, Mark, do you, do you have any any last things you want to emphasize with us today? Well, really to reiterate, but what I'd like to do is congratulate Sasha because I'm not a chance yet on the film. Uh, we haven't spoke on the phone for a bit. So uh, I'd just like to congratulate you, Sasha. It's a fantastic piece of uh, evidence uh, put together in a very, very uh, layperson's person's way. I can get very, very technical sometimes. Sasha, I'll tell you, probably cut a lot of it out of that uh, out of that video, because not only can people have difficulty understanding the accent, they also uh, have difficulty understanding the technicalities. So well done, Sasha. I'd like to congratulate you and your team on that. It's a fantastic piece of... Uh, thank you, Mark. That That's very kind. Well, I, in turn, I thank you for bringing this to, to our attention uh, some months ago in the New Earth team. And I've had... Um, let's say, an interesting ride learning increasingly about this stuff and, 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 the, and the beautiful story that emerges when one gets to grips with it and doesn't get fixated, again, on the apocalyptic or the nefarious aspects of this storyline, but begin to see that it's a, it's a far greater trigger for awakening. As, as Nancy, you, you've gone to great pains to express so beautifully, uh, and you as well, Michael. Delightful meeting both of you, and I look forward to tomorrow. Well, and for everyone listening, um, we very much encourage you to go on YouTube and with the search terms 5G Apocalypse uh, Extinction Event, uh, the stunning uh, documentary from, from Satya Stone on the, on the rollout of 5G. Um, also for, for Mark Steele's work with the Save Us Now uh, movement in the UK. And for us here at Radio 5G, we are a hub for information and action, awakening and action um, on the rollout of 5G. And uh, Nancy, do you have any uh, final thoughts you want to share with us today? I just want to honor, you know, both of you people. Your work is astounding. I'm, you just put hope in my heart. And, um, yeah, 
we'll we'll be together again. I'm sure we should we should do monthly updates or something because it's changing <laughs> so fast. Very very happy to do that. And I'm certain that Mark feels the same way until this existential threat is no longer in existence. Yes, right. yes. Let's just let's just plan on trying to get that done because it, again, it's all information. It's, we have to give them the excuse to do the right thing. So. Thank you again, Michael. Thank you so very much. And uh, everybody out there, just, you know, be safe, be blessed, and uh, we'll see you next time. You have been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.